There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and joining me today I have Ingrid. Hello and welcome. Hi. She's coming to us from the Great White North, Canada. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Which is kind of interesting because... Where Ingrid is from kind of plays into what we're talking about today. We are talking about Handmaid's Tale, season one, because they already said they're having a season two. So, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. It apparently has been announced because it is already on IMDb with, you know, tentative dates. So, yay. Awesome. Well, now I don't know where the show's going to go. Right. <laughs> um, so, this show, obviously... it. If you are into the show, you already know this is based on a book that was written in uh, 1985, I believe it was. Oh, oh, you know what? It may have been, and I could be completely wrong, and it could just be the fact that uh, it was maybe republished. I didn't think it was that long ago. Oh, I could be wrong, but it's, it's an older book. It is. Maybe I'm thinking the movie, because... Uh, oh no! Originally published 1985. What was author, it? Author Margaret Atwood, who, if you've been watching this, which it's a few episodes in, depending where you are, because in the states the seventh episode just dropped today. But um, we have just uh, the fifth episode last Sunday. And I actually think somebody else online had said that they only had about four episodes, so it may be just dropping differently throughout the world. We're on Bravo with, uh, they have it up here in Canada on Bravo for that. And in the and States, you're getting it on Hulu, which obviously if you're watching this, you already know. Yeah. So this is a mm, kind of dystopian novel. I don't know if you can really even say dystopian because it means that you would have at some point had a utopia. But it's really interesting because we do have the author, Margaret Atwood, actually involved in this. So I find that really refreshing whenever you have that happen because we are getting that right now with uh, Neil Gaiman and American Gods which if you've heard we've been talking about that show too so when they get involved I think it sh- it gives them I don't know I guess more creativity because you can see everything they wanted to put in the book and they maybe didn't get to because it's a lot easier putting something visually on screen where they had to explain, like, every little tiny bit. So I have not read the book because it has been sold out here. And I just, I've been chastised multiple times that I have not downloaded this book on the, one, on the e-reader, my app. But I just like books. It's the smell. I don't know. It's weird. I want to feel it. It's tactile. But Ingrid has read it, but you said you read it quite some time ago. Yes, I read it. Oh, I think it was in the early 90s, and uh, no, I 
I was excited to hear that the that the show was coming out. I I do remember it very well, especially a lot of the things that you see in episode one. Episode one really takes you and just throws you right into it. It's a lot like the book for that. Um, but I don't remember a whole lot of it. Okay. I'll be honest because it was so long ago. I don't remember how it ends, but I do remember the dark doom bloom, and that translates. Well, I should say it is being translated very well into the series. That's carrying over. It shows that Margaret Atwood has a part in it. And, fun fact, she makes a short cameo in one of the upcoming episodes. No spoilers. No spoilers Uh, there. uh, But you keep your eyes open. You'll see. I'll have to to watch for that. Well, I do think this has been just so interesting. And like I said, just the first episode, you get the whole feel. But let's talk about it. I'll give you the quick synopsis that we're getting from Hulu, at least here, which you're probably getting the same one. Um, the first ha- first episode is entitled Offred. Offred, one of the few fertile women known as handmaids in the oppressive Republic of Gilead, struggles to survive as a reproductive surrogate. Yeah, we can tell that I know how to read, right, guys? <laughs> Struggles to survive as a reproductive surrogate for a powerful commander and his resentful wife. Now, I thought the casting was kind of interesting. Um, Elizabeth Moss is Alfred, which we find out, I don't even know if they officially say it in this episode, that's not her name. It means of Fred, which is the commander's first name. So whoever is in that handmaid's position, wherever they are, they are of and whomever, so, you know, of Joe Black, whatever, you know, Joe Smith, it's going to be of somebody, and they basically have to forget everything from before this Civil War, which, again, is really, I don't know, it's strange, because we haven't gotten any kind of backstory, I don't know if they've ever talked about any backstory, if she just kind of throws it in, and I find it just, which is weird because I love world building. I actually find it kind of refreshing that they're kind of talking about it, but not really because they're focusing on the people in this community. I completely agree. It's really, really interesting. Because I've forgotten so, the book so much, it was kind of cool to watch the show the first time. You're being, you, you get a little bit of a hint of how it came to be, but very little. But as the show progresses, it does drop you little, little short tidbits of what happens. But in this first episode, you do get kind of, um, you get slapped upside the head and say, well, this is it. You know, uh, women have just lost everything. Mm-hmm. And it's rather interesting that is, I think it's in the first episode you find out that the first way that they decide to take away the power, that any, any kind of freedom that a woman has is to take away her bank account. Yeah, they haven't talked about that. Once, they actually, oh, that happened? No. Is that, all right. that might well, be in the could, second one. I'm sorry about that. I, there's so much. Spoilers. That it, it's, uh, but the, the, anyway, they, they slowly take away, and they, they show you how you know women are really and truly, really and truly nothing, and it's, it's very, very dark in that first episode, actually, and, and no friends, no, no. They isolate. Yes. Yes, they basically isolate these women who are handmaids, which I never knew where the title came from, and I just thought, okay, this is just an interesting title. 
but they, like I said, they call them handmaids. And we find out in the first episode during, and I'm going to say this in quotes, the ceremony, um, they read a Bible passage. And it was, and I can't even remember the Bible passage. I'm a horrible, horrible Christian. Actually, I'm Catholic, so I'm even worse. Uh, but they they read the Bible passage, and it's about um, there's one couple in the Bible who the woman couldn't have a baby, Please. but her sister could, and she's offering to have her sister as a handmaiden to bear her, her children, which, first of all, my friend at work, who is uh, a Baptist, too, so it's like completely same religion but different. And she she knows a lot more because she had to study this for, like, four years. And she tells me that some of she's like, it's just crazy when you read it. it it's more of a, a crazy, you know, woven tale than any book that you would read, so, like any fiction book. So when you you find some of this out and you're like, wow, that they somebody took this so literally that they are plucking women who are able to have babies and basically forcing them to have children. Because the very opening scene, we see Offred, her husband and her child, like driving very quickly on really horrible roads trying to get into Canada, which is why I said Canada plays a part. Because apparently Canada has still, you know, they all have their... their um, senses about them and they're not causing you know women to have to you know go into almost sexual slavery or actually not almost it is it is sexual yeah. slavery which, absolutely which is just kind it's, of like oh my gosh i can't believe that could happen margaret atwood did say that all the events that she has tossed out in the story that we will discover along the way are actually all of it is taken from from reality not all from the same place obviously mm-hmm. or the same part of history or the same um, religions or whatever um, but they are all taken from real things that happen and it's 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 quite scary I know <laughs> a lot of people were trying to condemn her work as this show saying that um, like she's trying to say the the US, like Congress and President, you know, that she's basically condemning them. And it's like, uh, no, this was actually written a really long time ago. Yes, so it that's wasn't right. it has nothing to do with the now. But like you in, said, it's it, all sorts of different governments. Because it's not just any one place. Because unfortunately, this has become a reality. And as you'll see, and I won't say anything, no spoilers, <laughs> as you see, as you will see in future episodes, it's it's not hard to take any of the events that you see and look them up and and there are things that actually do happen and they still happen now. It's 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 pretty horrifying. But Margaret Atwood did say in an interview that she is not anti religion or anti uh, establishment or and or anything or even an overblown feminist because she's been called, you know, that she's too much of a feminist. Mm-hmm. And she isn't. She's, well, she said she is a feminist, but only to the point where men and women should have equal rights. And that's part of what she's trying to present in a story like this, you know, but except that she's taking a few details, ex- expanding them, and trying to 
show, well, you know, it really could go back to the Dark Ages if something like this happened. You know, if, if, if a group of people and who knows, you know, any group, but, you know, it could, it could happen. Right. And when they said a few moments ago that this is a reality, I didn't mean obviously a huge reality, but sex slavery is really what I meant. You know, people, people, because it's not just any, it's highly, female face, but it's not just girls, boys are being kidnapped and forced into sexual slavery. But it's when just, you it's see this, women. yeah, when you see this and they talk like little things and, and they don't specifically say it, at least not in the episode one, but the girls, the handmaids, when they go to the store, they're given little, it's like tokens. It's a little piece of the paper that have pictures on it, what they're supposed to get. They don't even have a list because they're not allowed to read anything, which is weird. It's like, why are they not allowed to read? And one of the other handmaids happens to say, um, oh, oranges are here today. And Offred's like, I don't have a token for oranges. She's like, oh, just tell him that you're the commander's girl, and he's a big deal. He's in the news. And then she freaks out. She's like, no, I didn't read anything. I didn't read it. Because she panics that somebody might hear that she read something. Which is weird because it's just, it was such an offhanded comment. You don't think anything of it. Like, you and I talking, we wouldn't think anything of it. It's like, oh, yeah, I see, you know, Joe Smo in the the paper. And it's like, no, no, I didn't read that. Looking in, in different parts of history, when people, not just women, but men too, anybody, when people learned to read, they gained more information and more power. Taking away people's right to read is just part of taking away their their freedoms, their liberties, their their power, their self power. Yeah. You know, it's kind it's kind of funny that you say my my husband could be such a pain in the butt sometimes, like anybody's significant other. I mean, let's be honest. But he's yes. like, oh, who taught you to read? I'm like, really? And he's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, you have just as big a book collection as I do. He's like, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like we're nerds, but you know, it's like it's kind of a joke because he has, you know, he yeah. paid attention in history class and learned that that the biggest thing in the past was, you know, like the printing press where news was able to get out to more it's people. Com- and you're right, the, the the before the printing press, books did exist obviously, but they were the what what the books were written about was very limited people's ability to access them were very limited and that w- which society the what the the uh, the romans or or something i think they had that great big library of alexandria which was at that time supposedly the biggest library in the world what did people do when they wanted to try to take away part of the power of the civilization they burn it to the ground right so it's just so strange but it's like you don't think about it in the now because, yeah, we joke about it, but it's, Ingrid and I were talking before we actually started this part, how many books we both have. I have just hundreds of books. I love books. Plus, now we have, like you were saying, you can put the apps on your phone or on a tablet or, you know, you can get an e-reader. And it's so easy for us that seeing that and just knowing that they've taken that, because I love reading books, so taking that, like, pleasure away from me, I don't know what I would do. No. And, and oh, oh that's, I can't say anything that comes <laughs> in a future episode, but yes, that comes up again. 
you know, the uh, fact that losing losing your ability to take something and read, it could be anything. It's it's a pleasure you lose, and it's also a source of, of information, mm-hmm. whether it be, uh, you know, even if, even though in this day and age you really got to quadruple check everything you read. Right. And, there's, and that's the thing, like, they don't have the Internet, as far as we can see, in this future. So it's like, how connected are, you know, are these people? Because it seems very old-fashioned in regards to there's a meeting at the house, and the commander has a bunch of people come over, and they go in the den, very old school, closes the door, he, like, tells his wife, yeah, it's going to be late, bye, and closes the door, and she's just standing on the outside. So... It reminds me of kind of what we used to see on TV, like, way back, where, okay, you stay out there, but the guys and I are going to be in here, and don't worry about what we're doing. And you you see, uh, well, you have the guys. Mm -hmm. This all gets developed later on, too, but you've got the guys, and then you have how many different colors of uniforms? You've got, of course, Alfred and the other handmaidens, they wear red. Yes. Then you have all the Marthas. They were very drab. Yeah, they, I forget the color they wear, but they wear, what, a green or a blue or something? And then you have the wives that wear another color. But even so, all the women are put, you know, in their little compartment, Mm -hmm. and the men are in a different compartment. And then there's different levels of the men. And out in different levels of men. And you do actually kind of begin to get a feel that, well, you know, maybe some of the men are oppressed too. Not that I feel really bad about it in this series quite yet, but, you know, the I'm, I'm really feeling that the whole point of this series is, is you know, the classic story of oppression mm-hmm. in its different forms. It, it, it is. And like I said, it's not quite dystopian, but I kind of feel like it's there because we see the different <laughs> classes, basically. Like you said, we have the handmaids, we have the Marthas. The Marthas are basically all of the, I would guess to say, like, housekeepers. Yeah. And the cooks all rolled into one because they have to do everything by hand. They want to, They want them to make the bread by hand. They, so it's not like you're going to pop out, get a can of biscuits so you can throw them in the oven or other quick bread. And it's like watching it. I mean, at first you kind of watch, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'd like to make bread. That's kind of cool. And then you're like, wait, they have to do this all the all time. time. <laughs> That's not kind of cute or quaint anymore. It's like, yeah. It's, it's fun to do on the weekend right. or when you have a day off, but if you have to do it all the time, well, oh, no. Yeah, That's things different. change. Yeah, I but like to bake cookies, but I'm not want to do it every day. No, why. <laughs> But there are many groups of people that do still do those things, so it kind of gives you a little insight into that, although they do it voluntarily. Yes. It, it, um, it's nods to different things. It kind of makes you, oh, well, you know, hey, you know, and, and you should. I think, I think that after watching something like this, it would be interesting if we took the time to actually look some of all this up and see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, you're you're right. It would because like the Marthas remind me kind of like the Amish out here, who I don't know if you have any up in up in Canada. Not that I know of, but we have heard of okay. them. Where they don't really have electricity. At least, I guess it depends on which 
sect it is because there's a couple different ones. So they don't really have electricity, and they make, like, their bread by hand. They, I don't know if they do the butter, but, like, we've been places where they have a processing plant. So in their homes, they don't have electricity, but they still use it other places because they use cell phones, too, and they wear Nikes. So it's not too cra- not too old old school. But do they use cell phones? And, and the all? ones out where I go, they do. But, like, we'll go to their where they're making cheese. So we see them making the cheese and actually have, like, this big thing, like, churning it up. And then we see them make apple butter and, like, all this stuff where I think, oh, that's so cute, that's so quaint. But then if you put yourself into the show and put yourself in the Martha's position, like, I don't want to make bread every day. I don't want to have to make the pasta. I want to just go and grab a loaf of bread off the shelf and grab my my pre-sliced cheese and make a grilled cheese. You know, I don't want to turn the butter to make a grilled cheese. So it's no. like... It's, it's really sending you back to the way it used to be because back in the day, well, that's the way things were done. Right, it was really know? normal. And it was, it was great back then. That's that's fine. I'm all for progress, though. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I'm happy to have some pre-sliced bread to just grab. <laughs> uh, we also have not just the commander and his wife who, I don't know, we haven't seen much of them in the first episode. We got to see the ceremony, which we'll talk about in a sec, and we got to see... The guards everywhere, which they didn't talk, but they all had automatic weapons. So, you know, if they're following these women and watching them, if they run, you know, something bad's going to happen because you're not just going to have these guys standing basically outside of every single home just for decoration. (laughs) No, I doubt that. Um, I'm kind of curious. there's no spoilers or anything. It's difficult to stay within the very first episode. <laughs> but in even in the first episode, you don't really get a feel that any of these handmaidens or believe in the Marthas, for that matter, or the wives. I mean, the wives can't be having all that much fun either, you would think. But um, you don't get the feeling that anybody really stood up and fought back, I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be something that we'll be exploring later on. I'm hoping so, because all we've seen is a little bit of flashback for Offred, which showed she was in college, and Mm -hmm. so obviously she was getting herself an education, and the way she was talking, it wasn't that long before, because we find out she has a daughter, and at some point she finally talks to... Her companion, who they have to go everywhere in twos, and she does say it's supposed to be for, what was it, for protection, but it's really like you're spying on each other because you don't know how brainwashed one is. It's very subtle, this show. There are a lot of underlying layers that are not really said up front, and that's it's uh, fidel to the book, if you like. There are a lot of things in the books, in, in the book, that were not said and you kind of had to assume or guess mm-hmm. and it's very much like this they're there you think that they're there to, to you know protect each other perhaps but it's actually the contrary it seems anyway mm-hmm. that they're kind of spying on each other but it, it's the fact that well all this didn't happen too long ago but everybody's just in place and just following along and doing their thing and 
I don't know. It's a lot of change within a short amount of time. I'm a little perplexed by that one. I know, because I feel, well, she says her daughter is, I think she says eight. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And we see her in college before that, and she graduated. She had gotten a job. Like, I, I've taken that leap, because she was talking about college paper, and then next thing you know, we see her in a flashback. She is at an office. Well, she says she's in an office with another one of the people who she knew from before the situation, Moira. And so I'm thinking this is probably within, like, a 10, maybe 12-year span. Like, everything started to change. And it, I feel like maybe it started more, you know, even further back, but it was, like, little t- steps, and you didn't realize it. Because they do say everything's normal until all of a sudden it's not normal. She says in the beginning, before I was asleep, and that's why this happened, or something like that. And something to that effect. And I didn't quite get it, but of course, obviously, it refers to the fact that you know when you don't pay attention, things sneak up on you. Yeah. And it's something that happened because people were not paying attention, which is a lesson right, right. there. Or not taking it. Big lesson right there. Yes. Yeah, that's why it's like, oh my gosh, could this happen? Could this be happening now, or something along this? this highway that you know we're really not pointing our it's fingers a cautionary saying, tale i would say a, a very much a cautionary tale because it could happen it seems ridiculous but if you really sit down and think about it it could happen well they do end up taking the girls to who are fertile which how are they doing this test exactly oh yeah i don't i don't know i'm not sure i want to know but well that i think we get hints to that a little later okay. on well, they take him to a red center, which is essentially the brainwashing center, to indoctrinate them. That's the only way I can say, to make them realize they have to do this. It's this or, and we find out, they can get sent to the camps, which is actually like cleaning up toxic waste, which, because they mention that, was there some kind of nuclear war? Yeah, I won't speak uh, on that. <laughs> I'm like... Silence? Is she saying something? <laughs> I, I can't say anything without... Uh, well, we, well, even now, we don't know everything by any stretch of the imagination. But there are little little things that are mentioned, so I, I, won't, I won't say anything about that. Does, but do pay attention, because it's, it's extremely interesting. It's the and little things that end up... It's all the little yeah. things, and all these... Well, there's no gentle way to say it. It's utter, as you said, it's utter indoctrination it's utter uh dictatorship it's there is no good way to say it there is no gentle gentle thing to be done about this well they do i mean it's basically what i'm feeling from just this first episode it's become a theocracy and so they're quoting everything out of the bible and then we have uh who is aunt lydia who's like heading up at least what we've seen of the girls the handmaids and teaching them you have to follow this. And she's preaching about how this horrible plague of infertility has come along and has totally messed up our lives because of what I think she actually said. Oh, gosh, it wasn't Twitter. What is that goofy? I don't even know what it is. It's one of the hookup sites. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, darn. Yeah. I'm not oh, on it. I'm married. Let me just say that. So I don't know what it is. But, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. On that, you know, the fact that 
you were able to freely have sex. And then she was blaming birth control. And even at some point, they blame a girl who was raped because... Oh, that was awful. Oh, it was, that it was, was really terrible. hard to watch. They were blaming it, saying that she caused this. It was God's will because she caused it. And that's really scary because there has been politicians who have said, well, you know, if you're raped, it's God's will. It's like, holy crap, rewind. Has that been said? It, it has been said. I don't think these, these people don't have, have been. Kind of... Oh, you're so <laughs> lucky. You haven't haven't seen some of this craziness. And it's just like, holy crap. It just makes me think when I see that happen. And it's just a moment. It's a heartbreaking moment in the show. But to see that and then to just know some of the stuff I've read. You know, like, oh, if it's a, you know, what, what was the stupid comment? I can't, I don't even know who said it and I'm not going to look it up. But if it was um, a legitimate rape, your body has a way of shutting it down. So, oh yeah, I've read about that in the papers. Yeah. There, are, there are some people who say that. It's, it. But that scene was just really difficult to watch. First of all, you have, what was the name of the woman Aunt who was Lydia. there? Aunt Liz. And she, she just shames the, you know, shames the, the girl and, and then says, well, it's all your fault and basically forces all the others to gang up on her, too. You know, you, yeah. you see the group thing in, 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 in action, yes. which is something that happens on a fairly regular basis, not as much as it used to, thank goodness, but it, it still does happen. Well, yeah, it's like the herd it's mentality. To, to watch, it's things that do happen to younger girls in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you have the whole, like, herd mentality. Mentality. And then Moira, you know, is whispering to Offred, you have to say it. You have to say it. And when Offred doesn't say it at first, she gets smacked in the head. And so seeing that, it's like just another way. Basically, you're being tortured. They had already seen Janine have her eye taken out because she was being a smartass. And again, quoting Bible verses, if thy right eye offends thee, pluck it out. It's like, holy cow, what are you doing? It's just oh. these little things, like you start hearing it, and it's like just these tiny little building blocks, and it's building the whole story. But yep. it just makes you realize how crazy this whole thing is, and it was so normal. But what I don't understand, and I I understand they want children. They want to keep, you know, populating the world. But why are the wives so willing to go along with this? I mean, I know well, they want babies. But I think they don't have, they, well, they want babies, but they don't have, they don't really have any choice, you know. The whole point is for them to, you know, procreate, carry it on, carry on the species. Therefore, you know, there's possibly, I don't know this, I'm only guessing, but I'm, I'm assuming that if the wives don't do something to, you know, if they don't follow along with this, they lose their species their place perhaps they are under threat to go clean up the toxic waste as well i don't know that's interesting see i never thought of something like that like these women are in their positions of i don't think they're completely i don't think they're completely out of the uh, uh you know they're in a in a much safer position being a wife and all but i don't think they're completely out of the game like i i don't know that but i'm i'm assuming that seeing as they're women mm-hmm. They must have a breaking point as well. That's interesting, and I hope they are going to talk about this. Um, we were talking about the herd mentality, and that happens so 
dramatically in this first episode because there's all of a sudden three bells, which means that all the handmaids are being called to a central point for some kind of announcement. could be anything. Well, they go, they line up. We have Offred and Offlin who walk together, who have not really met each other. They have, but haven't. Like, they walk together, they talk... They do their little, like, perfect greetings as to not really share any information. And Offglen actually starts hearing some stories because Offred finds out that Moira was sent to the camps, and she's probably dead. And somebody else had had a miscarriage. And I'm just thinking, if these women are only as valuable as their wombs, unfortunately. How many miscarriages before they say you're going to the camps? Yeah, yeah. that is uh, definitely, and, and there are not that many fertile women yeah. left in society, it, it would appear. Well, what they were showing there was what, maybe two dozen, two and a half dozen? There wasn't that many women there. No, no, no. No, there were not very many. I didn't count how many, but maybe a dozen and a half, two dozen okay. and a half. Yeah, I knew there wasn't many. But they're called there by Aunt Lydia, and again, we had seen at one point they walk, you know, coming back from the store, they take the long way, and I say that in quotes, to go by the river, and they see men being, or men hanging there. They were dead, but you don't see their faces. But you know it was a priest, it was a doctor, and it was, um, a gay man, based on the uh, hoods. I think that I think that that's actually probably pretty important mm-hmm. because here you have a priest who represents religion or a certain religion, perhaps a, a perhaps a, a definition. Uh, I mean, a, a, a division of. You have the doctor, which I would assume represents science and knowledge and reason, and you had um, the gay man, which represents probably deviance. Uh, in this particular story I'm thinking that those three men set you up to see that these are the things that in this particular story are not going to be tolerated knowledge any kind of re- rebellion and uh, any any uh, off track of, of the society as it's set up That that's the way I took it that's interesting because I think I I kind of understood that, but like subconsciously, it's like okay, they are not being tolerated, but not like really bringing that up to the forefront. Well, seeing as it's Margaret Atwood, I would think that's probably she probably <laughs> have to be. <laughs> well, we see another man being brought out, and I was kind of concerned because you see a man walking and then two men with hoods on. So I'm like, okay, are the guys in the hoods suddenly going to be executed? But it's actually the opposite. The man without the hood was being brought out by the executioners who were in the hood. But Aunt Lydia wasn't having those men do anything. She was announcing to the handmaids that this man raped a hand, another handmaid, and she miscarried the child that she was carrying, which we're assuming is Offred's friend. And at that point, you kind of see Offred's, with that knowledge and with, Moira being dead, kind of start blanking out and just anger seeping in. And this was interesting because Aunt Lydia says, when I blow the whistle, you can do whatever you want to him, 
until I blow the whistle again. And her mentality, she does that, and they are beating the crap out of this guy. I mean, Offred's right in the front, and she is, like, wailing on this man like no other. I couldn't believe it. I was trying to think, why? What is the what is really the purpose of this? I thought, is it, it could be a combination of things. Maybe, of course, they're supposed to do that. They have no choice about it. Or perhaps this is a way to let them let loose all the rage that they have of being, of being, of being enslaved. That's um, what I was thinking. Also, uh, it was a disturbing scene. I thought it was, especially I, just to see that anger and hate on her face. Absolute hate. The actress uh, who plays uh, who, who plays um, Elizabeth Moss is her name. Yes, Elizabeth Moss. She's amazing. She is because. Like, she just seems so, well, she has to be as offered. Like, I guess shut down is the term I'm looking shut for. Shut down, low-key, yes. but she manages to get every emotion across. You don't miss anything. No, not this. in that moment. And you see all the women trying to get to him. And like you were saying, maybe they're supposed to do it, okay? But if you're, you stay far enough back, you look like you're trying to get to him, but not really... But what was really weird, there was two things in this scene other than Offred just beating the crap out of the guy. You have Janine, who is pregnant in this scene, and she looks like she's just completely gone around the bend. Because she's in there, like, rubbing her belly and, like, throwing her sleeves out and dancing. Yeah. And then you have Aunt Lydia, and I don't know if you caught this, she's, like, holding the whistle because she's about to blow the whistle the second time. She has tears in her eyes. I didn't catch that. And I was wondering, because I had to, like, back it up a little to see the tears. Was it supposed to be, like, tears of happiness? Like, she's taught these women all this. Or do you think it's because, essentially, she was put in this position and she also is forced to do this, that she knows that she has helped cause them lose a little bit of their humanity? Mm, I have to go back and look at that. (laughs) I missed that. I missed that completely. That changes a lot of things on what I think of her as the story goes on. If 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 you're right and there are tears in her eyes, I miss that completely. I have to go back and check that yeah, out. Yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, it could be one of two. And I'm like, I feel like from what I see, now obviously everybody's going to see something a little differently, that it was a little bit of regret because she was forced into the position like all of these other women have been and all the women in the society that we've seen. Because in episode one, you don't see a whole lot to sympathize with no. her. That was the only thing I seen, and it just made even me if she, even if she was forced into it, she seems to get quite a lot of zeal out of her. Uh, yes, you know, job. And uh, as much as I loathe to say this, I mean, she was kind of put in a position, much like people in in certain wars. And they're doing what they have to to survive, but almost enjoying it. But yeah. then yep, knowing yeah, that it yeah. strips their humanity away. Yeah, for sure. It looked like she was enjoying it, you know. So you kind of wonder why. But maybe that's something that we'll, we'll learn a little bit more about later on. Perhaps. I so. I kind of hope so, too. But, of course, not everyone, one has to realize that not everyone is, uh, not everyone how how would you say that really wants the betterment of uh, of the situation? Some people are put into things and 
well, okay, I'm here, may as well make the best of it, and they end up liking it. Right. I'm not saying that's her, but I'm just saying it happens. Ah. But it happens, so we'll, I guess we'll see how, as it goes along, what happens with that particular character. Uh, I hope so, because a- as much as, like you said, you want to hate her, when I seen that and that clicked in my head, I yeah. kind of almost feel sorry, too. I'll go back and check that. <laughs> because up to now, I do not like her. Uh, I, I have a feeling I won't like her anymore, but... <laughs> but if, you know, that, that changes things a little bit, if that's true. I'll check that out. Uh, we do have Offred and Offland finally kind of coming together and opening up as they walk home from this this moment where she Offland actually kind of brings Offred back because she just looks like she wants to keep attacking this man and he's quite dead at this point. Yeah. So she kind of pulls her back and and they're walking back home and they stop in front of a store and just all of a sudden, Offlin says, this used to be an ice cream store, and it had really, really great ice cream. Yeah, that was kind of like, oh, what? You right. Know, all of a sudden, the situation changed, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit when she said right. that. Right, and she explains right. it, and then, you know, they're walking away, because they, they kind of freak out because there's a black van that goes by. And so <laughs> they stop talking, stop looking, and it's like, okay, walk away. You're not supposed to think about... Apparently, the children that you're going to have, because you don't get to keep them. That's how I took that, too, because, you know, you don't want to be staring at the children's clothes too long. You don't want to be, you know, longing right. for anything. Well, I can't much on my yeah. <laughs> Well, Offlin, who, by the way, is Alexis Fladell, who was in, oh, my God, Sin City and Gilmore Girls. So I'm sure you guys know who she is. Uh, I haven't seen any of those. Oh, really? She um, mentions that she had a child, they had a son, with her wife, which we've already learned that it's deviant behavior because they hung a gay man. So nobody's supposed to know this. And I think that kind of shocked Offred because they're finally opening up to each other in a way that none of the handmaids do because they don't know if they could be killed or sent off to the camps because yep. something in their past. So she does tell her, you know, we tried to make a run for it. I'm sorry, Offred tries to say, we tried to make a run for it. We got caught. They killed my husband. They took my child. And Offlin says, we got, I got caught at the airport. My wife and my child had Canadian passports. <laughs> Again with Canada being the same one. I guess I need to get a passport to come up there and visit you. Uh, just in case, so I know where things are. <laughs> um, but... I, I was just like, obviously they're not just pulling any woman who could be fertile. It's specifically women in the U.S. or what is now Galid. So that's curious. I'm not sure about how all that worked, why they picked particular women. I'm, I'm a little bit in the dark with that even, even now. I'm a little... Um, perplexed on that one too unless it's an event that happened in a particular area mm-hmm. and they just managed to keep a certain group perhaps it's possible because like i said with the oranges they're like oh the war must be going good in surely this, this story it doesn't really give the, the the diameter of of well obviously it doesn't go into canada but you know how far down how far down south does it go does it is it the entire u.s 
Well, I um, know they specifically say for an upcoming episode that, oh gosh, hold on, now I feel it. a delegation from Mexico comes to Galid. So Mexico is very separate. It just makes me wonder, you know, are they doing the same thing? Are they not? Because if Canada's not, or at least we're not plucking random, you know, Canadian nationals, maybe we're not doing that all over. And I just want to know. <laughs> there are a few words that are dropped here and there concerning the rest of the world, but it's pretty vague, and I haven't, I haven't taken the time to to look further and uh, from the point of view of the story to see exactly what it entails. But it's kind of curious. The the whole situation is is quite curious. Why is Canada all alone in not being, uh, not being? Because they're smart. Taken- <laughs> is it the whole? Is it the whole U.S. or just part of the U.S.? Yeah, because I feel like this is like northeastern, but I could be wrong. Yeah, they don't really give yeah. you an area because obviously we don't have a place and, called the Bleed. So if this whole story is a story of oppression, there's got to be a group of rebels, right? Because I mean, oppression, rebels, right. hand in hand, it can't one cannot exist without the other. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to work out. Who are the rebels in all this? Must be very hard. Hmm, and hopefully we'll find out sooner rather than later. Although now that we know there's a second season, who knows when we're going to find a lot of this out? I was just going to say I'm I'm happy, and at the same time I'm a little bit like oh lesai because that means there are going to be a lot of things that won't be answered. Yeah, because this is going to this is really intricate and. I don't know if you... It's very intricate. There are many, many levels. And, um, you know, as you move on in the episodes, I'm only up to episode five. But as you move on in the episodes, more and more of the layers become unpeeled, but only a little bit. There are no real, uh, you know, there are no real big answers that come up. So I'm hoping that things are not going to be left completely in the air. That I would be very upset about. That would be, oh, gosh. I, I don't think they're going to leave that much. I don't think they can. I was trying to see because a lot of people, I'm sure, know that there was a movie also by the same name, based on the same book. I didn't know that. And I was I trying to that. find the year, but it's not popping up right away, of course, because I'm in a hurry to look for it. But it's just, that actually, I watched that movie, like, forever ago. And I, yeah, you want to know how old it is? All right, guys, Ready? I have it on VHS. So, oh my god. <laughs> it's one of the only VHS tapes I saved. Honestly, there's like four that I saved and that was one of them for I don't know. Because it was one of those things that really kind of grabbed me. And so, now they're doing this so they can expand the story more. And I have to get the book, I know. I'm going to. But that kind of got me interested when I I knew about the movie and then I'd seen this was coming. But what really grabbed me and pulled me towards this, I was at New York Comic Con uh, last year, 2016, and in the, all the women's bathrooms, because I had to post a picture. I'm like, what is this? I know, taking pictures in the women's bathroom. I guess it isn't too weird. But it was on the mirrors in all the women's bathrooms and on the inside stall doors. And it was, and I'm going to totally screw this up, so you guys bear with me. Um, Nolite te bastardes. Ah, crap. Car- no way. Carbo rondorum. 
which is actually the title of, I think, the fifth episode, too, which I'm sorry if I totally killed that because I know somebody's probably going to listen and go, your dictation sucks. I could say something sucks. about that, but I won't. <laughs> They're going to say, that sucked. You screwed that up. But I was like, what does this say? I didn't understand what it was. Uh, it, it was like, don't let the bastards get you, grind you down. Yes, that's right. And that, just that marketing, because at first I thought it was, like somebody wrote, I'm like, dang, I can't believe somebody wrote in the bathroom mirror. That's just ignorant. Only I used to work housekeeping at a local casino. So I'm like, that is horrible. How would somebody do that? Then I kept seeing it. I'm like, all right, wait, this has got to be something else. Wow. And then I, I thought that was cool, like that marketing ploy. Like just to have you think, like, what is this? And you're taking pictures and you're sharing it, trying to figure out what this is. <laughs> and that's very, that's quite important, actually, that sentence. That comes up. Uh, probably why they have that as a title of one of the episodes. It's like, uh. But also, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the pictures. I think it was South by Southwest. They had a huge group of women dressed as handmaids just walking around. They didn't say anything. They were walking oh, yeah. two by two. Um, at one t- point, there was, I think, 12 of them walking all together to, like, cross the streets and stuff like that. Yes, to try to get people to talk about it and weirdly enough at the same time there was like a city council meeting and they went in there and just sat back there how awesome is that i mean all this stuff is what got me like as soon as i heard they were going to do this i'm like why i need to watch this i need to hear about it like more well you know now that you bring this up i did watch a i think i mentioned it a, a few minutes ago an interview with um with um uh, the author, Margaret I'm Atwood. blanking, I'm past my bedtime, <laughs> with Margaret Atwood, and she was saying, or the, 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 actually it was the, the actress who plays Ovid, mm-hmm. who was talking to Margaret Atwood, and so the actress said, uh, well, what do you think, what, what do you want people to learn from this story? How do you think we can prevent a situation like this from happening? And Margaret, you know, said, you know, because it can happen, it can happen anywhere, and does happen, and has happened. She said, well, the most important thing, people can go out and vote. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what she said. (laughs) I thought, wow, (laughs) how apropos. I totally agree with that. You can't, because my my thing is you can't sip in the if you don't vote. In other words, we need to really, you know, be aware of these Mm -hmm. things, just to be aware of them. And when it's time to come up and make our opinion known, it's time to say something. And it's not, and it's it's not just relegated to fiction. It's not just relegated to TV. And we're not all idiots for watching these wonderful shows. It's important because a lot of times it holds a mirror it's, up to society. Absolutely, that's why she wrote it. It's for sure why she wrote it. And to get people thinking, right. to get the wheels turning. Funny enough, I don't know if you get it up up in Canada, but Saturday Night Live actually did a skit on it too. We do get it up here. We've got it, gotten it up here for like ever, but again, it's way past my bedtime. I should probably tape it, but I hear that uh, you have an actor down there who does a really good impression of your current president. Yes, they do. Well, let's not talk about I wouldn't that. know about that. <laughs> but they did Handmaid's Tale, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, like there's four women walking in, in the outfits, in the Handmaid's outfit, and like a guy that they used to know walks up, like, meets them, like, walking through, like, a tunnel in a park or something. 
and he's like, oh my god, where have you been? Oh, I've had this rager going on out at this at the frat house, blah, blah. And she's like, what are you talking about? And, and, you know, they're, like, trying to say what was happening. And, like, a couple other guys show up and like, shut up, shut up. We're going to get killed. They're going to take us away. You can't, we can't talk to you. He's like, dude, you used to be so cool. What happened? She's like, we were at the Red Center. You know, like she's trying to say, and he's like, when did this happen? Why wasn't there protests? And she's like, there were protests. There were votes. You didn't pay attention. Oh, man, I must have been busy that weekend. You know, it it was oh it was funny because yeah. it shows how little people pay attention. And that's why I thought it was funny and sad all at the same time. But showing how this could very well happen, even though they're doing it, like, jokingly. And it just, again, yeah. made me want to watch it more. It, it it applies to all of us, even us up here in Canada. It can happen anywhere. Well, let's hope that we're all and paying we do attention have to pay enough. Even though politics is usually dull and all, we do have to pay yeah. attention. Yeah. I said, when did I become a grown-up and have to do that? When did I have <laughs> to not just think about coming home well, and these days, cartoons? <laughs> well, these days, politics is an awful lot like the cartoons used to be. That's true. Frankly. <laughs> well... I know we didn't go scene by scene, but we didn't want to do that. We kind of wanted to talk about everything and how this is really, like, reflecting. And you might think that that sucked, and you can tell me that, because you can shoot us an email at fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com, or just tell us what you think about the show and where you think it's going. Because, obviously, we've touched on little bits of it without going too in-depth. So if you haven't watched the whole thing, you can still watch it, although at this point... Why are you listening to the podcast before you watch the episode? I don't know. It's like you want to spoil yourself. Okay. Spoilers should be allowed. <laughs> Spoilers. Weird things are coming, and we're going to be here to watch it for you. So we want to know, like I said, what do you think about this dystopian future? Is this something that could really happen? Or do you think it might actually be in route right now, and we just are too blind to see it? Let's put on our tinfoil hats and we'll talk together the next time we talk on the Fangirl Zone about Handmaid's Tale. So thank you, Ingrid, for joining me today. Ingrid, oh, it was a pleasure. Will be uh, at least giving me notes here and here, here and there, and she will definitely be back for the finale, the in between, yes. because our schedules are iffy. But we will be talking again in the future. So hopefully uh, you guys are enjoying everything. Don't forget to check out the website, FangirlZone.com, and the pod, the podcast page. Dur-dur-dur. Yes, it's past my bedtime, too, apparently. Our Facebook page, which is FGZone. All right, everybody. Again, for our Handmaid's Tale, Episode 1, entitled Offred, I'm Sean Fangirl S., and until next time. Hello, Missy.